This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. We all make some boneheaded mistakes when we're younger. College can be ground zero for those mistakes. My guest, Gabby Rodas, made a couple during her time at college while playing Division I softball, getting her degree from Cal State Fullerton. She found her path through Jesus and has never looked back. Now, while working at a sports ministry, she helps others find their path and stay on it. And so we ended up having a few teammates that like were going to church at the time. And I just remember, again, being as low as I was, I was receptive to anything. And before that, I had gone to a few Christian churches. So I kind of like the music. I love music in general. So I just connected with worship music and this God that they were singing about and this love and this reckless, you know, this grace that he gave. And so I connected with the music, but until I actually listened to the words and what they were saying and talking about, I was like, oh, that's what this faith is all about. That's who this guy Jesus is. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from financial planners, actors, college coaches, Hall of Fame basketball players, and once homeless, now college graduate, Kevin Jones. It was also tough because as a father, you never want your children to see you in a tough situation like that. So there was a pride issue. There was a there was an inward shame on you. You you're not really a good father. Shame on you for letting your child see you in such a difficult situation. You know, the assumption is that you're supposed to graduate high school, go to college, get a great job, save money, buy a house, get married, have children, grow old and die. The rest of my conversation with Kevin can be found on our archives at justagoodconversation.com. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor before diving into my conversation with Gabrielle Rodas. Maine Farmhouse Brands was started by Dan McCool, a healthcare professional. His goal was to make premium soap. Most people may not realize how important the right soap is for their health and the difference between soap and detergent. Soap is made from natural ingredients like animal and plant fats, whereas detergent is made from synthetic, often harsh chemicals, even fossil fuels like petroleum. Maine Farmhouse Brands makes their own soap with natural ingredients, free from harsh chemicals. So if you want to keep your skin healthy and clean, I would recommend using Maine Farmhouse Brand Soap instead of detergent. You can find their body wash, shaved soaps, laundry soap, and beard oils, and more at MaineFarmhouseBrands.com. I've got a former athlete who I see at a former event. Yes. Like, what What are the chances I run into you, Gabby? I don't even know. Well, actually, no, there are probably high chances. When was the last time I saw you in a uniform? Oh. Because you're wearing adult clothes 2018. now. 2018. So was that at UCLA? You, no. Uh-huh. Yes, right? Possibly, yeah. Yes. Well, you that, were at the postseason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 2018 out was at that, UCLA. Was, I should know this. Was that the game we lost against yeah. UCLA or the game we lost against, like, Missouri State Valley Christian or something. It might have been that. Because I think it was the former year before yeah. that 
where we beat UCLA and, and then, then they play. yeah. we played them a bunch of times and then we ended up losing. Okay. It was that was rough. Well you look great in adult clothes. Thank you. Your skin looks fabulous. <laughs> you know, it's I appreciate al- that. It's always the I, I'm not an athlete anymore. Yeah. My skin comes back. Oh, I'm honestly, not sweating like I'm not a beast. stressed. Yeah, that yeah. too. With right. All the million things that we have to do. Blood, sweat, tears, everything. And, and I got a Fullerton person on the podcast yeah. it's been a while to have an actual i know what are they are fullitarian 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 i don't even know what our <laughs> i don't, I don't of either a, of a fullerton person i is. don't know yeah so you grew up in fullerton i grew up in fullerton born yes. and raised born and raised st jude or where, where are you um actually no newport um what? hogue hospital my mom had me at so i think that's why i love the beach so much and full circle i live there now wait you were in Fullerton, your and somebody yeah. drove your mom all yeah. the way down to the beach. I don't to, know why. You passed like six <laughs> hospitals along the way. I couldn't tell you. Now that I wonder, actually, I'm like, wait, when did we move Jude, into the house? St. Jude, Joseph Chalk, like Anaheim Memorial. Like, there's we so passed many. a lot. So now that now I'm curious. I'm like, wait, was I born before they got the house here in Fullerton? Or after. Well, we might have to get your parents on the line. Ask, and honestly, <laughs> I might have to call out. them out. Because you're right. I didn't really think of that. If we were living in Fullerton, that's a long way to go. Wow. <laughs> so I don't... Unless there was like... They were already out there in emergency. And your they whole had family go. dynamic might change after this podcast. <laughs> honestly. You're not even my parents. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm pretty similar to both of them. Man, look like them. So... Yeah. But that would be crazy. So you're born and raised. Born and raised, Fullerton. What elementary cra- school? Uh, Raymond Elementary School. Okay. Kindergarten through college. Right. Fullerton. So then what? Did you like, go to what? LV? LV. Okay. Two of my boys went to yeah. LV. I went to Troy. Then you went to Troy. Now, yeah. you're close to Fullerton High. Why Troy? Are you a brainiac? Well, I was smart, but I think... Um, or were mom and dad smart and said so we're sending you to Troy? Yeah, I think somehow we fit... To okay. be able to go to Troy? I'm not for sure, but I think so. Because they near, fought for it. You I'm were by to Fullerton. Fullerton High School or college. Correct? My parents were always like, yeah, academics, absolutely. But also, I think Fullerton was more of the party or school, which now right. going to Troy, I'm like, it was pretty crazy there, too. Right. I if know. I could be real. Everybody tries like you to make think, you, Yeah. But the academics will get you. Sure. And make you crazy. Yeah. So they were both probably crazy in their own ways. <laughs> But I'm really glad Troy was awesome, and I feel like those classes really did help me for college. It's funny where, as parents, we're like, oh, we hear about this mm-hmm. this high school and that high school, and you're like, they're high school kids. It doesn't matter it what doesn't high school matter. they're at. It really doesn't, You're 16. Honestly. You're crazy. Yes. <laughs> we're <laughs> all <it>. crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, yeah. well, I'm at Troy, so I, my hormones don't. Things are better. Yeah, things are better fine. here. I just... Yeah. I won't get into anything. Anything. Drugs, alcohol, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I spent my time in the library. <laughs> that's all we did. That's all we did. That's what they think. Right. They hope that that's what we're Pray. We'll yeah, exactly. So when did you find softball? That is a great question. So part of me, I started, the very first thing I started doing was dance. So I was a dancer and started that at age four. I don't know if you knew that. Well, I mean, Maybe. that's not a surprise. I mean, it's not a surprise. I love right. dancing, but I was like a you competitive dancer. You were always dancer. dancing. <laughs> you know team. me i mean yeah. half your pictures i'm dancing so right. that makes sense i'm like duh this is probably known it doesn't i mean it makes sense. but you might have had you might have had a, a dancer soul hidden in you that your parents didn't let you out but they did at four they, they let you dance at four that's what i was doing ballerina jazz the whole Ballet, thing jazz hip-hop contemporary lyric all the things i loved it did i loved you, did dancing. you 
want to be a dancer? Was that like, or was it mom just plopped you I into dancing? I think she just plopped me in because I remember, I literally have a distinct memory of holding on for dear life on my mom's leg on my first time. Ter- well, going to most dance. kids are terrified. We're going terrified. To We're scared. Swimming, YMCA, whatever. Yes. Super shy. Yeah. Like you would never have think have thought, but super shy. Just don't want to talk to anybody. Hard to make friends. Because now you're just like, this girl has all the friends, so outgoing. Yeah, it's completely, it's so well, you were four. My God, you were months away know, from being potty kids. trained. <laughs> it's true. That is true. Yeah. I don't expect you to have like a Rolodex of friends at four that you're calling Hey, up. some people do. <laughs> I have a nephew. He talks to everybody. He's not even four yet. Well, he can. <laughs> now he can get all his friends on his iPad or something. <laughs> That's true. You back then had to write letters and that yeah. wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Crayon. Eh, my yeah. friend Katie. <laughs> So when did you find sports? So I, yeah, going back down, childhood. So my brother played sports. Baseball was one of the main ones when now, I was younger. Now, did dad play sports? Mom played yes, sports? Yes, dad played sports. Mom also played some type of sports. Okay, so it was she kind was of in, in Vermont, the house. So it was more field hockey, kind of like different sports that I didn't even know about. Right. Um, dad, the typical baseball, football, I don't know soccer, but all those sports. He, he was so, grew up so athletic. Um, so it's around the house. It's around the house. He loves sports. Um, diehard Steeler fan, diehard Dodger fan. Just to that a makes sense. Steelers, yeah. so Dodgers. loves it. Loves it. <laughs> now, I don't know. Does it? Maybe. Maybe not. But anywho, loves sports. So he of course wanted us in sports. So I was like, why didn't I play sports when I was younger? But I don't know if my mom had, mom and dad had beef or something. But she's like, no, we're putting her in dance, and I just stayed there, and it was really expensive. So that's why I stayed there. Yeah. Anything with children at and that it's age, expensive. it's expensive. And, and then dancing, you had outfits and shoes and lessons. Yeah. And, oh. And the, the uniform, our, our costumes with the rhinestones. Oh, it, <laughs> I don't even know how much my mom paid, but she said I it broke her bank. And I was like, I believe you. But anywho, so I grew up watching my dad and my brother hit outside, play catch outside. And I just remember being a little girl sitting on the windowsill like, wow, I want, I want time with my dad. And so... Um, I just, I remember just like watching like a little girl, like maybe one day they'll ask me to come out. I don't know if I was the bold one to ask. I want to join. I wanted to join. And then eventually I asked or they invited me and I was out there and then I got a glove. What, by six, seven? Maybe. Probably okay. around there. And so eventually I was in there hitting with them, cat playing catch with them, but that's it. Okay. So I had developed a an ability to play catch and to throw and to hit. But I think I just enjoyed that time with my dad so much. But you're also throwing a baseball too, right? Yeah. Not a softball. Very true. Yeah. And Do you think that was different for you to, to throw that smaller, harder baseball than a... When you're a little girl, yeah. that softball's massive. It is massive. You might as well be it's throwing... It. Yeah, it's it's huge. <laughs> yeah. Now, were you... I don't know. Were, I don't really remember that much. Okay. Throwing as much? Right. Maybe we were more hitting, if anything. Okay. If throwing here, I don't know. But then it was until I think junior high, either sixth grade or seventh, some of my friends were playing softball. And I just remember them like, Gabby, you should play softball. And I was like, so that's when I went. That's when I finally went to my parents. I'm like, oh, my friends are playing like I want to play. Did you know softball was for girls? Yeah, I think I knew. I think I had assumed that at that that age. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I definitely knew. Had you seen it? Had you seen it? I don't even know. Or just know. heard on the playground. I think I just heard. Okay. That's a great question. I, I don't know if I have the answer to that <laughs> at that age. I have no clue. 
But anywho, I knew it was just, I knew that was for girls. Okay. So you uh, were in. I was in. I was like, well, I just wanted to put, I just wanted to do things with my friends. Sure. I just wanted friends. I just wanted to do the things that they were doing. If Katie and Lisa are doing if that on doing Saturday. It, count me in. Yeah. And so parents, can I do it? I just remember my dad being stoked because I think the whole time my dad wanted me to play sports. But because dance was the first option, I think, and I ended up liking it, I think they're just like, oh, we'll just keep her there. And my mom loved that because she was all about dance. So your father might have subliminally put that I ball and glove so. in your hand and was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm going to slowly work my way in here. <laughs> I think, honestly, I <laughs> We're taking so. that damn tutu off and mm-hmm. we're going to teach you how to, you yeah. know, hit the ball down the totally. line. Yeah. And so at one point I was literally going to practice and then from practice going right over to dance. Oh, you didn't give one up the for car. the other. At that point, no. I was trying it out, so I was doing both at one point, and I loved it. Jesus. And I realized my first game, my first game, they randomly put me at catcher, because they just put me there. I ended up throwing somebody out at second. What? Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Like, I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm good at this. But again, because I had done all that. Now were you and catching with my were pops. you bigger than most girls? Were you longer or lankier or what? Was I was decently. Yeah, I think I was kind of a, a little bit above average, or maybe okay. yeah, probably a little bit above average. Um, Any advantage you can get, right? Absolutely, but I also believe dance and the flexibility and the coordination. Feet. Your mm-hmm. feet. It was easier. For, like I was quick too. Mm-hmm. I was skinny, lengthy girl too. So yeah, I'm like wow. So dance low key helped. Yes. Like people don't understand Mm -hmm. dance really does help an athlete. You're moving your feet, especially if you're right foot, that left foot's a little slow. Yeah. Lateral movement. Yeah. You know, turn double play, pick up off your feet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a huge thing Mm -hmm. to move both your feet well. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. So I, both of them, I think. When did dance go away? Dance eventually went away in high school. Okay. So I competed all the way up until there and then high school uh tried out for softball made varsity as a freshman and then um also made the dance team and troy red hots they're they're really good and so that was even accomplishment for me i was like wow so i'm in two elite things and eventually it just got too much i think i was a sophomore year in college where or college i was a sophomore year in high school where i was like I cried to my parents or especially my, I think more so my mom. And I was like, I just want to be an expert at both, but I'm realizing I'm just mediocre at both because dance was like first zero period, first period. And then softball was six period and on. So I was doing, it was just a lot. I was getting really exhausted. Even though you were on varsity, you felt you were kind of mediocre at both. Wow. Because I couldn't give my all to one. Right. You're not giving 100%. So I felt like You're I wasn't yourself. growing in either. Right. I was just like. Because you are going to school. And school. Yeah. Troy. You're trying to Classes play both. Are hard. Yeah. There's yeah. boys. There's social life too. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really don't know how I did. I look back. I'm like, wow, I was doing all of this. I know. High school's crazy <laughs> when you think about what some athletes do, especially yeah. if you're like a three sport athlete. I know. And you're jumping around, you got yeah. academics, they do matter. Yes, they do matter. Right. They're, well, if you want to go to the Especially, next level, yeah, yeah. 100%. if you just want to get through school, that's fine. Yeah. But if you want to get to a D1 level, those those academics do mm-hmm. matter. And mm-hmm. they can they can make a, or break what school you go to. Absolutely. Oh, 
I'd love you to go to the school, but mm-hmm. you're not a three five. Mm-hmm. We can't. We just can't take you. Yeah. Or you can go to a school and we can give you an academic scholarship. Yep. But and not you're a, like, oh, yeah. Wow. You can do both. Yeah. You get more paid for. More no, paid for. 100%. And now maybe I'm going to Cornell instead of my choices were only yeah. Riverside. Yeah. Totally. It's yeah. Interesting. And I think the reason why. So yeah. So I was posed with two options. My mom's like, maybe you just have to pick one. And I, again, sobbed. I was like, I don't want to have to pick one, though. That's decision makings for me has always been hard. I always have wanted to please other people. And so this decision also probably had a little bit more to do with that. But not only did I want to, yeah, I recognized how much my parents paid for both um, and spent a lot of money in both. And I'm like, so one of my decisions or the reasons why I made the decision for softball was softball had a chance of scholarship. Right. In college, dance, not so no. much. They have nothing. You're, you're basically then. paying towards yeah. the college to be a part of a dance team. Right. And so I was just like, yeah, I want to do that. And then also I think the major drive to choose softball was just that relationship with my dad. I just saw how much being in softball, us, I mean, we would always, even in high school or when we first started, we would be out there, me and him, just hitting me balls, like always getting better. And I just... Not only did I love to get better, but I just loved the attention that I got with my dad. And we spent, I mean, those are some of the most sweet moments that I got to experience with him. Was your brother out of the house by now? Um, He's two years older, so he was, no, he actually lived there up until um, his Okay, so it wasn't like, wasn't like dad had only one you know, child left in the house. He was giving me all attention, but he did realize like I have a child with potential here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, my brother, the thing is, so when my brother finally went to high school, my dad, my dad was his coach too, all throughout his childhood and junior high and all the things. So when he got to high school, I just, my brother was like, ah, I want to kind of do it on my own. Cause my dad was thinking about coaching high school with, you know, with him. Um, cause my dad, he just loves to coach. Like that is something he has definitely been gifted to do. And so I think he was bummed out, but my brother was like, ah, I just want to kind of do it on my own and yeah, not want, I don't want you to come and coach. And so I think that was probably pretty heartbreaking for my dad. But then when he finally found out that I was going to play in, in high school, he ended up, I think after my freshman year was like, Hey. I also can coach. Like, do you need, you know, assistant? So my dad ended up co- helping coach in high school, and it was the best. We had the best time. How was your coaching, or how was your high school career? Was it what you ex- expected? Yeah, um, I, yeah, I was really good in because it gets kind of real at that yeah. point. Yeah, it's no, not college real, but it's real. And the thing is, I didn't start playing travel ball until June, my junior year. That's what I was because I wasn't Did taking they... it that serious. Okay. But after I stopped dance, then I was able to have more time to do travel ball. Because then I was like, wait, okay, I'm making a decision to want to continue this in college. Was travel ball crazy? It was still crazy. People were already signed at freshman. Is that freshman weird? Year. Yes. To me, as a freshman, you, make you your college decision. You cannot make decision. a decision that way. No. You cannot make a decision at that young. But people are. I mean, so you're, you're... I think that's unhealthy. Yeah, you're 14. You don't know where that's going to be. You don't even know what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're going to yeah. pick a school yep. because you like their color. They find interest in you. But they might not have your actual career path. Yeah. For you there. Mm -hmm. They might not have a a nursing school Mm -hmm. or a aeronautical school, whatever your path wants to be. Yep. And you don't know at 14 what it is. Sometimes you you don't know in college what it is. Yeah, exactly. So you could be picking a school because you want to be a nittany lion Mm -hmm. 
and you're like, I'm kind of stuck with what? Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. So I, I but th- that rule has changed. I haven't updated what, but I know eventually years down the road, it's like, okay, now we can't commit till I want to say junior year. Yeah. When did you start getting exposure? Um, or people start knocking I on mean, your door like, hey. I actually didn't. And that's a really big part of my story is I started travel ball my junior year. So, so many people, my year was already gone because people were getting signed eighth grade, freshman, sophomore year. A lot of coaches already had all their people for my year. So that was a struggle. So now not only I was like, okay, I'm excited for travel ball. And then time after time, all these schools I wanted to go to, they already had scholarships. So your freshman year would have been what, 14 or 13, 14? Uh, For college, yeah, 13, 14. So you're... So and I didn't, you're at 11, 12, and they're like, yeah, we've already got you. We've got those slots two years out already locked up. Yeah. Because as you know, there's only so many scholarships. And yeah, so exactly. They're so relying the on people leaving. Mm-hmm. That slots become available. Mm-hmm. They know what they're looking for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, so that was really discouraging. And honestly, so. I and you know don't you know, know this. this part too, but I wasn't even going to play in college. I, again, no schools. There was. I hope university, which is across the street from Fullerton, right. like kind of my like senior year was, you know, but that was like the only thing, but that was exciting. Cause I was like, I didn't even think I was going to get any at this point, but they were interested. But then I was like, I kind of want to go to like a D one. Like I, I really want to be a part of that if I were to go or just like a university, I wanted to go to university. And then the schools that I, the, the only school I ended up getting in for, for college just academically was Fullerton. So I was bummed. I was like thinking about wanting to go to like Long Beach State. Oregon was another option I wanted to go to. Hawaii. I didn't even get into any of those for school. Like the SAT, my SAT was not it. So the only school I got into was Fullerton. And then my senior year, funny as it is, I was just a senior of high school, just practicing and like trying to, you know, get ready for my last senior season. And my dad He's just, I get, I get obsessed with softball. So he's like, any way to get you better, like, we're going to do it. He's like, oh, by the way, there's some defense camps at Fullerton. At Cal State Fullerton, like, you should, we should just go to one, see what it's all about. Maybe you can, you know, get tips or whatever, help you for this year. Um, so I ended up going on a random Wednesday. Uh, Coach Pam was one of the assistant coaches. So it was, he, yeah. he also knew more about her, and he's like, she's cool, so it would be cool to even just, you know, get tips from her to, you know, get better for the season. So it was like one of those Wednesday night? Random Wednesday night, you know, defense camps. Yep. I went. I'm like five to nine or whatever those things. Yeah, so late, like, and so fun, but I went, and then I I ended up killing that, just like, my talent just shined that day, and they're like, what year are you? And I was like, oh, I'm actually a senior in high school, and they're like, well, you know, are you going anywhere? And I was like, Actually, I'm no, like I'm going to Fullerton probably for school because that's the only place I got in. They're like, oh, you're already in. They're like, well, we think that you're great. Like we're going to tell the head coach about you and we think that your talent could really, you know, help elevate Fullerton. I was like, oh, okay. And so literally the next day I get an email from head coach, Coach Ford, saying, wow, we think that you'd be such an impact on our team like we think you have great talent you really amazed you know our assistant coach last night and we would love for you to try out we don't have scholarship for your year for your year right but we would love to give you the opportunity to try out for our team so i was actually a walk-on right so i didn't yeah. get any type of recruiting nothing but because of that camp and that exposure 
I got the opportunity to try out. You got an opportunity, but isn't it weird the opportunities were actually taken away from you because you didn't know mm. about it? Because they rely on travel ball so much. Absolutely. Not on what you yeah. did against Sunny Hills or Bray Linda. Yeah. As a sophomore. Mm-hmm. But you traveling to Utah and Vegas and showcases in San Diego. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but and, and there's some people that just can't afford it. God love your parents. They must have spent a fortune. Oh, Those absolutely. travel ball clubs are a money maker. Expensive. That's why I'm kind of glad I started later. <laughs> right. They would have had to give out a kidney. So... <laughs> God. Seriously. It's, yeah. It's not cheap. So... Those could be like And four, the lessons. Yeah. They could be like four or five thousand bucks for those travel yeah. balls. I know. I know. Man. So it makes sense why people, you know, parents are so bummed when their kids are burnt out. And yeah. They, that, I've spent 50 grand. I've spent so much on this and you're not even going to go to college yeah. and play. We've done speed Sucks. camps and hitting camps and deep. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Catcher's gears. How much? And like, God. Bat. Gloves. Bats. Yeah. Helmet. Yeah. I got you a $400 Cleats. bat and you can't even hit 200. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. So were you, were you, Going to go to Fullerton, period? I was going go to go to Fullerton, period. That was the one period. you were in. So I, and in. I wasn't even going to play softball. I was just going to go for school. How was it then walking on? Mm. I mean, as with all the other quote-unquote talent that's there because they've been selected. Yeah. Was that weird? Yeah. Was that, you know, was your ego? How did that work for you as an 18-year-old? You're a Absolutely. kid. Absolutely. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to... Um, rewind a little bit senior day you know how they have the signing and right. commitment yeah. so because they already had given me the opportunity to try out tryouts aren't until school starts yeah you college. have to be in school like to school try already is in session and then there's tryouts that first week right, or because two, right? softball's not till january exactly and so i remember senior year in high school everyone you know signing their nlts I couldn't do that because I didn't even know if You're I was going to make the, the team. team. I'm going to Fullerton. I would have loved, my ego was so much hurt, so much more hurt that day than anything. Cause I'm like, I wish I could be signing. That means clearly I'm not enough. Right. And so that day was really hard for me to like even celebrate other people because I'm like, I'm going to Fullerton. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but like I have this opportunity and I wish I could be signing something to say like, I'm going. You needed I'm that validation. Home. I needed that. And as, yeah, I was think. Was that ego? Was that athletic ego? Was that just immaturity? I mean, you're just a child. You I don't think, know any better. Yeah. Don't really know any you're better. You're not cherishing your friend's moments because you want a little limelight I too. wanted that. I think I always grew up feeling like, yeah, I just wanted that. But I needed that validation from people to th- feel that I'm enough. Right. Well, like there is a lot enough. of it. There's a lot of it given to athletes, right? Totally. You're in the box. You mm-hmm. hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Every, you get all the praise. Everybody screams. Yeah. You turn that double play. Yeah. You get that person stealing. She's great. She's mm-hmm. awesome. She's this. She's mm-hmm. that. You, you know, you do wonderful that night. Mom and dad take you out to dinner mm-hmm. or everything's great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you, 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 you get this injection of like joy. Yes. And then when you don't get it that one mm-hmm. moment, you mm-hmm. feel like the world's ending. Ending. A hundred percent. Life or death. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? I know. In one situation. Right. It's either and here or it's here and there's yeah. nothing in between. And everything else you've done is completely you out the window. You don't even remember. You don't yeah. care. You don't even care. <laughs> you don't even, you're exactly. It's as if it didn't even exist. Yeah. yeah. We so just suck. Exactly I suck. It was, was my fault mm-hmm. and the world's going to end and I hate everybody and I want to go into my room. <laughs> yes. Don't talk to me. You don't even want to be seen. Right. 
Yeah. And that's exactly what I was feeling then. So I think, um, and there's nothing anybody can say. No, absolutely not. Like, I wish I had something, you know, visible and be like, see, I'm cool too. Cause everyone else was getting that praise. And clearly because I didn't have it that day and like signing and all about me, it probably either wasn't going to happen or I just wasn't enough. But then eventually, so I think when I actually tried out and made the team, I shocked myself. I was like, oh my gosh, because I was already feeling not enough, like not having a signing day. And so when I actually was able, like I made the team, it was almost like, see, I told you, I told you, told you all, told you all, I told you all. That's how good you were. I told you. I told you. (laughs) I told you all. Um, How many other girls were out trying out for the team? um, I want to say, let's see, yeah, five, maybe four. Did you just stand out? Yeah, I think so. I think I just, I don't know. I think there was, I had nothing to lose. Sure. I mean, you, I had nothing to lose. I'm like, I'm here you're trying just out. A student I'm just, I got at an opportunity. Yeah. You're not a student if I athlete. make it, no one even has to know if yeah. I didn't make it. Right. No, like, I've, I mean, I did tell people I was trying to. The guy out, in your but... chem class is not going to care <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. But the thing is, I made it and there was a few that didn't or made just the practice well, squad. Of course, of course. So, of course, I feel like, oh, yeah, I am enough. Like, I, yeah. I'm worthy. I have, I have the talent enough to make a D not even like D three, like NAIA. Like I just made a D one school and that was a big deal for me. Right. Like I wanted that status, that accolade. And now those other yeah. girls that day could have been signing at Vanguard or at Biola softball. Totally. But you later without anybody around signing, getting a sweatshirt or a cap made a division one softball yeah. team. Yeah. I know. When you go home, That's what wild. do you tell mom and dad? Or do you oh, even call? I, do you even, you do you not even? I think I called. I was like, yeah. And it was just, I don't, I can't remember. I might have had like emotional happy tears or I was just like so excited. Like I, I, I literally made the team. Like, Were it you was, planning on living at home? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'm five minutes away. There's right. no, I, I of course pay? I don't have scholarship. I don't have stipend, nothing. Yeah, you're just a student. I'm just a student and I made the team and I'm just going to be able to get my classes and I'm going to be able to get gear and all that. And so it's kind of nice. I'm living at home. I don't have a rent expense. Um, and thankfully, my parents were able to save. So they were able to pay, you know, my way through college for right. the most part. Well, they weren't having to pay for damn dance anymore. <sighs> I know. Jesus. Crazy. <laughs> but even even then, so I'm a walk-on. So that was already a big deal. Like, And even to, before I thought, I think I felt, no, I don't think I ever really felt shame because I was just happy that I even made it. So then it was almost like this, even to tell people got me excited. Like, no, like I was a walk on and people are like, wait, what? Like you were like, I think people almost like were shocked. I think because I had great talent in high school and, or I don't know, just to walk onto a D one team, I think is hard to do. Absolutely. Um, and not a lot of people do it because pride. Right. They're just like, why walk on? I just, I, it's either a scholarship. I already don't go. Yeah. Um, but what the coolest thing is, two years into softball, I ended up getting a scholarship coach. And the thing is, I wasn't even playing. I wasn't even a starter. No, you know, you weren't. I wasn't even a starter. You were a great Majority of my time. You were jumping around. You're full of energy. Exactly. Yeah. I was a team player. And so I think even the specialness of this coach Ford ended up calling me one day and was like, I just want to tell you something. I'm really excited to share this news with you, but I have news for you. And I was like, absolutely. What is it? Like, oh my gosh, like, are you cutting me? Like, is this good? Is this bad? Like, oh my God, coach calling me? You're sending me down to hope. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was nervous. I was terrified. 
But she ended up saying there's a few transfers that are leaving and I and money is opening up and there's no other person that I'd want to give it to than you. And I, that's when I, 100% I was emotional and I ended up calling my dad. I was like, this has nothing to do with my performance because clearly, like, I'm not a star player and usually people are getting up, you know, their scholarships right. upping because they're contributing more mm-hmm. in their athletic ability but for me that wasn't the case i was i mean all i had to offer was my character and the team player i was and the energy and the so i think that was so 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 pivotal in my life because i always cared so much about performance but the fact that my coach that i cared so much about their approval and the way they saw me is giving me money because of who I am, I think that was probably the most special thing that I could have ever received in life. Wow. Because I'm getting rewarded for who I am, not what I can do and what I can contribute athletically. Right. And so that was such a huge moment for me. Um, it's a big general. deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. It is a big deal. And not a lot of coaches will ever do that. What was your feeling those first couple of years on the team? Were you... Yeah. Were you mentally comfortable as a contributor mm-hmm. and not a starter or not someone who's regularly contributing? Because mm. I looked at those stats. Yeah. You were pretty quiet those first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really only was a pinch hitter every now and then right. or a pinch runner. That was like my role. I think as a freshman, I kind of knew, okay, like there's already established people. Like there's already people who've been playing. So I kind of already knew these people are going to play. But then I think when I saw other freshmen getting the opportunity right. and now starting and being starters and continuing that, I was like, what the heck? That could have been me. Why is it not me? And so at first I was like, okay, they're just really that good. They're the ones who even got scholarships. So like, it was mm-hmm. kind of more acceptable. I was like, it's fine. I'm just happy to be here. I'm a walk on. So like it was easier more to accept. But then I think when I recognized that I had a, a lot more to give as for my talent, as le- at least that's what I saw. Um, and I forgot to mention too, I ended up playing after my freshman year, I played for team Philippines, okay. the international team. I, maybe I, I think you knew that. Maybe yeah, not. I knew that. Um, but that was, it was, it was an odd that it does happen, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, even that opportunity. All those, all those international teams, you, it's like what you're allowed to be like two generations away or something. Mm-hmm. There's these very odd. You just have rules. to have someone that yeah. lived there before or had, yeah, you just have to have proof. Um, and so I got to play after freshman year. So it's like freshman year. Okay. I accepted it. Like that was my role and it was awesome. I'm just like finding my way. Finding how are you doing with school? School. Great. Okay. I was always a decent student. Cause you know, there, that, that change from high school to college yeah. is huge. It's very yeah. pivotal. Like, oh, hundred percent. You have to have time management skills. Absolutely. You have to keep your shit straight. You yeah. can't be too wild cause it gets snowballed on you real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get on put on probation because yeah. then you're spending your winter break or summer trying to make up because mm-hmm. it's hard 100%. to play. It's, tr- it's hard to get ahead. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed school. So okay. I think even in Troy, I really do believe Troy prepared me for like Troy cl- classes at Troy were a lot harder than I would say some of the classes at Fullerton. I'm not so surprised. I was like, that's, th- this was awesome. So school for me was like, yeah, I've always enjoyed learning. So if I was in classes that I enjoyed, I really, I did well. Did you have an idea? At some mm-hmm. point when you wanted to be 
career-wise? Going into college, I so I, I was a business major in marketing because okay. I really enjoy, like my one of my aunts on my dad's side worked for Nike. And okay. I was like, for some reason that got in my head, like that would be awesome. <laughs> I want to work for Nike. I want to work for the corporate. I want to be, again, still around sports. Right. Um, sports it's brand. Cool. It's cool. I think it's it's cool. She has so many, like, just to say you work for Nike. I think it was more of a status thing. Oh, yeah. So. Nobody gets pumped when you say you work I saw for that. Puma. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> for real. <laughs> just kidding. I saw that and I was like, yep. But if they want to sponsor the podcast, I'm totally open to it. <laughs> Dead. Go Nike. Um, checks over stripes. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. So so you, you had so an I idea. So I had an idea. I think I was kind of forced to like, someone was like, what do you want to do? What do you want to study? I'm like. I don't know. And then immediately, randomly, one day I was like, wait, I love what she does. And then I asked her, what did you study? Business, marketing, whatever. And then I was like, well, I'm going to do that. So I, that's what I ended up majoring in, business okay. and marketing. So how was yeah. then the last half of your career, right? You're a scholarship yeah. athlete. Mm-hmm. You're playing. School's yeah. going well. Yeah. Everything was good? Everything, yeah. School, I think there was maybe a class or two that the business classes they ended up getting really hard. They're tough. And I think the best thing my mom, the best advice my mom ever gave me or what she said to me that like kind of let me, like allowed me to be more free is, hey, I don't, I don't care if you get a C, like as long as you're learning something, as long as you're passing and you're learning, even if you were to fail and you learn something, she's like, I like, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, that's all I really care about. And I'm like, the fact that my mom's saying this right now, usually it's like A's or B's or, you know, get good grades. Mm-hmm. It's all about getting good grades. <laughs> I think that was so freeing for me because I'm like, mom, thank you for even trying to understand, like not even recognizing that I have so many things on my plate. She was just like, as long as you're learning or at least getting through and you pass with a C, she's like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. And so that really helped me. So I think that helped the rest of my ath- at, like academic year. Um, but I meant to say, because you were asking about how I was athletically, I think freshman year accepted that year in my role, but then after playing for the Philippines team, so I started on that team. So I think I had all the confidence in the world. I was playing Team USA. I was playing like all the powers, Japan. Like I was playing all the best of the best I was playing and I was starting and I got one of the only hits off of USA. And so I was like, so my ego was so high. I was so confident and I've never played so freely out there and then come back. I'm like, oh, easily if I like, I'm going to be starting at Cal State Fullerton and I think I got back to Cal State Fullerton and I don't know what it was but my confidence level just kind of took a turn why um I know I had arm issues and I think when I threw like kind of but when I threw it was it was kind of funky like I had a very like a dipped elbow when I threw so my throw looked like I could get it there but my throw looked funky and that I felt when people started noticing it I started to get really insecure about it. And because I was starting to get insecure about it, I it really affected my play. I cared so much about my arm and the way it looked, that mistakes, everything, my confidence level just... Well, who's going to saying, hey, turn. get your elbow up or rotate your shoulder over? I uh, had a coach that was like, okay. whoa, your arm is looking funky. And then teammates I would play catch with would also say the same thing. And that just okay. shook my world. That is so funny. That is softball. Because mm-hmm. in baseball, you could throw the ball any way possible. I know. But if it hits the glove, nobody's, I mean, they're ball mm-hmm. busting each other's balls in line anyway, regardless. But mm-hmm. 
hit the zone, boom, done. Mm-hmm. It was almost kind of like having the yips in a way. Yeah. Like well, I you felt, will because now you're thinking about it. And now I'm it. thinking about it. And then it elbows just low. Elbow, okay, like so elbow. inconsistent. And I just kept making more mistakes and mistakes and mistakes. The more I thought about it, the more I failed. And then confidence level. Like, Were they naturally diminished. playing you in the outfield? Yeah, Were I was always an outfielder. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was like my one of my. So getting that ball from outfield in. It wasn't like a big like I can I had a strong arm. It just looked funky, and I think I cared so much about the way it looked and how people perceived me that it took all my confidence away. Just like that. Just like that. Mm -hmm. And not the reality because the reality is you're hitting you're getting that ball there. Yes. It's it what, was so much what your head thinks people are seeing. And I cared so much about what people thought about me. Like from the start, from childhood, I knew I just always, uh, the approval, even seeking that from my dad. Right. Like I always just wanted to, to be seen it. and known and be praised and all the things. And so when people were kind of talking about me, but giving me that attention, but in a more negative way, I just lost it. I'm like, I can't believe this is how people see me. Yeah, no, you it's know. it's how it's how athletes work. They really mm-hmm. work off of that totally. praise. Yep. And when I don't get it or it's negative, mm-hmm. you're immediately not oh, enough. They are wet paper. They just <laughs> fall apart. I know. I know. How did you ever feel like you got your confidence back or was it always mm. something you had to fight on? Yeah, I think even to this day, like even still fighting through that, but I think eventually I recognized I'm not my performance. And even if I had this terrible arm for the rest of my life, like I still am developing who I am and I actually like parts of who I am. And even if I can't figure out this arm thing or it's never going to look the way I want it to when I throw, it's, you know. All right, we're going to play catch after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's, it's rough. Uh. Um, but it's still something, yeah. I even feel like I played slow pitch even more recently, like within the past year, and I still... And working through that. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Isn't, isn't the mind such a funny it thing? It is. 100%. D1 softball player. You think people, oh, you don't have these issues. No, right. it's there. People have them. People just don't talk about them. Yeah, you're not a bench warner at Santa Ana College. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just wild. And that that was a big part of college for me is, is really discovering who I am without sport being my identity. I think I tried everything. Did you feel when you walked around, everybody looked at you as the softball player, not the Cal State Fullerton student? Oh, yeah. I think I already had the sense of pride of like, I go to classes and I'm wearing Fullerton softball across my chest. I already have the ego. But then I think around other athletes, it was different. I didn't want them to know that I was just a pinch hitter or a pinch runner. I wanted, so I think even at parties, to elevate myself, to make sure they like me as a person. Cause once they found out that I was the pinch runner or the pinch hitter, they wouldn't want to be my friend. So even that it's like, you care so much about people seeing you as this like great human being. But you really, care so you, much about you were worried about a men's golfer. <laughs> yeah. Or the f- you just never want to bring it up. You right. never want people to ask you that question. Oh, what position are you? I'll feel, Oh, you feel terrible. Like, oh, what, what hitting, you know, what, where do you hit in the lineup? <laughs> even to this day, I mean, I think even You're more so You're a 333 now. lifetime hitter at Fullerton. You know that? <laughs> no. Yeah. I didn't. 333. Oh. Uh, yeah. Was that bad? 
I think that was the thing though. I eventually, when I eventually too accepted the role of like, I'm just happy to be there. I know I can contribute. I started to actually enjoy, I'm ready for my opportunity. I was output. That's why I was outputting an extra work. Cause when my name would be called, well, I would be ready that's the thing to put too. in work. And I, I think there was so many yeah. moments I had walk-offs and I'm like, those were the most enjoyable moments because people were also excited for me to go in because they sure. knew something was going to happen. And so, well, I you really you were the accepted. first person off the bench yeah, in those situations, totally. which is in, in itself an extremely difficult situation. Yeah. Cause they're not bringing yeah. you in when oh, it's, it's, so it's eight, three, yeah. it's tied or down one and there's a person on and there's two outs. Mm-hmm. And it's a lefty-righty combination or whatever it is. And they just feel like, okay. And you've been warming up for 45 minutes and the net over there yeah. off to the side by the photographer. And now they're calling you in. Yeah, 100%. And if you... And what does that mean? They trust you? They believe that you're going to put right. something in play? Like they they know you're ready for that opportunity. And I felt that. And I think looking back, I'm like, wow, they really... That elevated me even more too. And I'm it's a sport like, wow. of failure. Yeah. I mean, too. you know that. Mm-hmm. You could not be a heart surgeon and say mm-hmm. only 33% of my patients make it out of here. <laughs> Gosh, I know. But as a softball player, it was that's a Hall amazing. of Fame numbers. Yeah. No, that's wild. I would have, yeah. Honestly, Matt, I didn't even know my stats. <laughs> I just like, I don't even see Fullerton as that anymore and caring about right. that because, yeah. But like, in the moment, if I tell you, if I yeah. grab you by the shoulders at 19 <laughs> when you're going in and saying, listen, you know, three out of 10, that's yeah. all we're looking that's for. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Not nine out of 10, because then you would be a starter yeah. and you wouldn't be at Fullerton. You would be at you know, Oklahoma. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's Yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah. No, that's wild. No, I didn't. Re- yeah. I think again, but that's a thing. That's what separates for good athletes from great athletes is like, they're always ready for their opportunity. It doesn't matter. Who was the best athlete you played with that you felt maybe didn't have the best numbers, but was the best, like, didn't let it get to them oh my goodness. and can, can, can perform. Cause you, I'm sure you played with see people or played against people that you could see they were going to crumble. They did not want to come up mm. in the seventh mm-hmm. and, the, and with two oh, outs. They, yeah, they were like, sure. God love them. Yeah. But there's people, they just, that it's not in their DNA. Yeah. They would quietly say, please Lord, let somebody else come up. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Who, wait, so what? So who was the best athlete you played with? I think definitely Missy Takiaho. Okay. She just like, that girl like literally just touched the ball with her bat. And I, she, it would just, Do like things. she just, I yeah. feel like she just played with such a, I don't know, badass mentality. Like she, nothing was going to stop her from getting that ball, whether fielding it or hitting that ball. Like there was, the softball field for her was her clear mind space. And yeah. I know her and, and I know the things that she's gone through. And I think knowing her individually as a person, I'm like, wow, softball was that like safe space escape for you. And it was special. And so I think, again, for my instance, it's like there's always a driving force as to why you're so good at your sport. Do you, you know, I, I knew the athletes at a point, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of you were becoming older than or younger than no, I guess younger than my kids so it became this you know situation where I only want to know so much you mm-hmm. got to have your private space but yeah. I got to know some things about you because then that allows to make an interesting photo whether your grandma just passed yeah. like with Michael Lorenzen who just threw that no hitter the other I day know. like when Same. his dad passed like there was yeah. moments there's fo- there's ideas there's events like 
uh, Justin Turner, right? Mm-hmm. He gets crushed in the face in 02, mm-hmm. two, two. And nobody wants to be around that freshman with a busted foot and face. Yeah. And dad me kicks in and I get him out of the, out to the hospital and mm. or not to the hospital, but to the airport that day. And so you're there. You're the ki- athletes are like your kids, but then they're not. Mm-hmm. So when you would so, say something like, you know what Misty went through, were there po- points in a athlete's life that maybe there was difficult academics relationships, maybe mm-hmm. even as far as like rape or, or something, sexual mm-hmm. assaults mm-hmm. where when they got on the field mm-hmm. between those chalk lines, yeah. their life cleaned up. And that was all they worried about mm-hmm. was hitting that little yellow ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, were there athletes like yeah. that where that oh, was their plenty. sanctuary? Yeah. And I think that was the cool part being not a starter. I think because one, I, I was always ready for my opportunity. I mean, I grew up with my dad coaching me and I love those one-on-ones. And so even in college, because I was so close, we were still going to the field late at night and putting in work. Because one, I enjoyed that with him. It was so fun. He was so proud that I was on a D1 team. And I was like, dad, help me. I want to be ready for my opportunity. So bonding moment with my dad, getting myself better for my team, ready for that opportunity, which in my head now makes sense why I put in work in those opportunities when they called my name. Right. But also when I would put in work with other people, like the reason why I was putting in work also was because I wanted to pull some of my teammates that would never do that. One, I want to be, I'm like, hey, like, let's go, whether they were starters or not, like, hey, like, let's go put an extra work together. Like, this is a fun opportunity we get to do together because we want to be better anyways. But I think those were the sweetest moments because that's where I actually got to know some of my teammates. Right. To the best of my ability and actually hear what they're going through. Or So that's why I'm like, some of the, the ones that were not the nicest on the team or kind of the outcasts, I love getting to know them because it made sense when I got to know them why they were the way they were on the team. That chip on or their shoulder. Or even right. when I had idolized, like Missy, getting to know her story, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're just a human like me. Right. You're so incredible at your sport, but wow, I would have never knew you were going through that, et cetera, mm-hmm. like whatever life story. Sure. And so it gave me another respect and like a closeness to them. And then I was, again, their biggest fan. Um, and we helped each other. And like I felt a part of those wins when eventually they went back on the field and did what they did. I'm like, hey, we worked out, you know, we work with that. We work with that oppo, you know, last night. And then you get a home run oppo. And I'm like, wow, like I feel now a part of those wins. And that's what it feels like to be a team player. Like it's a team effort. And so when we're putting in work, because I'm, even though I'm not starting, like we did that. Like right. your home run was also mine. And that made sport so fun. Was that connection. When it ended, how difficult was that for you? Like, no more softball? Yeah. Um, Were you, that that loss at UCLA, you take that bus ride back to the hotel, pack up your crap. Like, when does it sit in with you? Because you still have graduation. Totally. Right, you're, you're, you still have, that. that's the weird thing about softball, baseball. Is the season's (laughs) ending as possibly your semester's ending or Mm -hmm. your college career as a student is ending as well yeah totally how was that for you for those 30 days did you kind of like feel comfortable with it or was it a struggle yeah um well I thought so I basically kind of had two senior years because I ended up redshirting right so when my dad got sick that was also a big thing but that was my senior year and then I ended up redshirting because 
he got sick. So I wasn't able to be there at all. So I kind of almost had, I was able to like graduate and walk that year. So it kind of felt like I was ending. And then again, because the red shirt, I was like, oh, I'm red shirting. And that was, you know, applied and all the things and then had like the fifth year and came back. I kind of felt, I don't know. It was definitely a different experience because I'm like, I've already graduated, but now. But you had to take master's classes, right? And then I ended up taking, I didn't actually end up getting into my a business master's. So I ended up having to like add on a minor and I minored in human services, which is wild because my dad was sick and human services that year had a group therapy class, (laughs) surprisingly. So my dad was sick. I was out here processing all the things that I was going through. Again, no coincidence. Like I 100% believe that the Lord actually placed those things in my life. Oh, absolutely. It's way better than echo class. You're trying to learn economics. You know, the yeah. greatest theory of whatever. <laughs> it was amazing. And I think, honestly, that was what kick-started me into what I do now. But with your question, I feel like it wasn't as bad of an ending. Like, yeah, it sucked that we didn't go farther. And throughout my whole college experience, we didn't get to go farther than UCLA. Okay. Heartbreaking. Like, hurt so bad, especially the year before, beating them and then losing twice yeah. in a row. It was terrible. Like we still, I still feel that ick in my stomach. I'm like, UCLA, even though a lot of, you know, I had a lot of amazing friends go there and I got close to them. I'm just like, I still, when I hear that name, I'm like, oh, it just like hurts. Um, so I shouldn't do a seven clap right now. And cheer. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I, isn't go it though, UCLA. Isn't it them. funny though that you can close your eyes right now <laughs> and know where you were on that field uh, and that third out and that yeah. pit in your stomach. Yeah, it's rough. And you're just like, mother effer, yeah. all over again. It hurt. It hurt really bad. I think, yeah. But can you remember, like, can That you... exact day? I don't know if I can remember that exact day, but I remember, I think, more so the last, the year before that. I'm like, where was I in that space the last year? Mommy, look up the photo and see if I can find Maybe. you. Maybe. <laughs> I, we know, you know what? We were definitely sad. I do remember crying. Oh, like, yes. This sucks. I'm sure um, I got a photo of a group of crying titans. Yeah. I don't know, but I think it's I like already. Five years in a row, I was so sick and tired of going <laughs> to that goddamn field and going up there and shooting you guys, just getting your teeth kicked in again. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. Can was we rough. ship us anywhere else? Yeah. I don't think I was that. I think I already had the plan of like, I'm going to be back here and going to get my master's. Because at that point, after the fifth year, loving human services so much, I'm like, I think I want to be a counselor. I want to help people. I don't know what it is, but I want to sit. I want to hear stories. I want to listen. Like, I had started developing that love. I'm like, I'm so relational. The business world, I just don't think will be for me. And so... Interesting how that switch. Totally. Dad's, you know, and then taking that class yeah i'm like i'm such a relational human being i love people i love sitting with people i literally was count like it felt like what i was i was counseling the last few years of my career because i was sitting with people and hearing more about their story and understanding them as people and human beings other than an athlete so i was already doing this without even recognize i was doing this and that grew my deep like like longing to do something just to help people and go into a career that is helping people. So what did you do for that next couple of years? Yeah. What was your career path? So my plan, like after right. graduating, right? This is my plan. And then I'll tell you what happened after. Yeah. But it's I had like, a plan. It's like shaking sand. It's going to be all over the place. <laughs> yeah. So I had talked to Coach Ford and I'm like, I would love to get my master's here at Fullerton and maybe be a grad assistant. 
And I thought about like masters in counseling. So that was my whole plan. And, and I was believing like coach Ford, like she was like, really? yeah, I'll totally pay for that. So to be a grad assistant still help with softball. Right. And you get it. I'll paid. pay for your school and counseling. So that was my plan. I was telling everybody and their mom this, you know, because people are always asking, I feel like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yep. And I think because I had this plan and I already knew what I was going to do. Like I already, I had this more sense of ego. Like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. But then during that time when my dad was sick, athletes in action, which is a faith-based organization, there was a student who started that at my school, my senior year. See, it was like my senior year when my dad got sick. And then, so, you're, so my you're, fifth year, I was real, also yeah, okay. a part of that and realized, wow, okay, this is a faith-based community. They were really there for me during the time when my dad was sick and going, and yeah, just a safe a space, a community walking with me in that, praying for me, praying for my dad, healing, like coming with me to the hospital, was visiting it once my a week? dad. What was it? It was like a once a week kind of Bible study, but okay. even just... A lot of my teammates were a part of that too. I had a few. And so us having a space to kind of like connect deeper outside of sport was everything I needed. And then just growing in relationship with them and also having them be there with me as my dad was literally dying, um, I think was one of the most pivotal, I don't know, just so eye-opening, recognizing like there's so much more to life than being an athlete and like, yeah. You know, like that's just the least of our worries. There's so many other things that we go through. It's such a short period of time. It really is. Listen, you're, let's say you started, what did you say? Nine? Playing softball or yeah. whatever it was? Ten, uh, ten twelve. Ten, All right. Yeah. Let's say, let's say, so 10 years you were a softball player. Yeah. You're going to be on this planet for another 65, so, 70. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. I know. Crazy. And so just even in that time, I was like, wow, there's so much more to life. These relationships are actually what really matter. Because when shit hits the fan. Right. What do I got? <laughs> People. <laughs> um, I'm not going to have my softball career in these, in my stats. And like, that's not even going to matter once I'm out of college. It matters so much in these moments because it's that's attached to my worth. Right. But after that, it's, then my worth is going to be attached to something else. Right. And so. Your job, your career, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. So. I was introduced to athletes in action in but, my community and my faith in questioning who God is. Like if, you know, if my dad dies, where's he going? I right. think that was the biggest question. Will I see him again? Were you very open to going or was it kind of like, eh, I'm not sure. Um, I think I was in a place where I was so low. Cause I, even before my dad got sick, I, you know, just had some relational hurts with friendships and okay. with guys. And I was just like, alcohol drinking like any type of drugs part like none of that like seeking for guys like none of that was satisfying the deepest hole in my heart of just wanting to be like liked and seen and like love for who i was right attached to any any identity i know it's a tough time you're trying to be you you want to be loved you're yeah you know, trying to find this guy and he's the same mess as you, but you're both <laughs> are trying to like, trying to be, everything's perfect. Yeah. No, 100%. you know, you're trying to find yourself and your yep. family and you got these athletes and those relationships yep. and a coach and so much. And we don't realize in the moment how much pressure we have on every single angle. Do you look back at it now and see that <laughs> girl in your sociology class and you look across at her and go, you have no idea how lucky you have it. Yeah. Like you don't have, you don't have to go to softball. You go to your Starbucks job and (laughs) you don't have to get on an airplane and fly out to wherever. And 
do wind sprints and you got lifting in the morning and Isaac yeah. screaming at you. Yeah. And, Isaac. Right. You know, all Isaac. those things like you kind of, and she might be looking at you going cool sweatshirt, but mm-hmm. whatever. They have no clue what no this clue. life's all about. Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. Did, no clue. Could you, could you imagine yourself just being a student? <sighs> what would that, what would that have four years have been like just being Gabby, the student one, six, seven, four, eight, whatever. Do you remember it was, <laughs> you know, Honestly, I don't know. No, I think, I don't know what I would have done, honestly. Hopefully maybe get in a club, but I think sports has always been so ingrained. So I think I would have still tried somehow to be a part of It's interesting active. to think about what your life you know? would be like. Think about I your time. How yeah. much time you gave up thousands, thousands of hours. So much time. I know. Right. And then the additional hundreds of hours to the non-field stuff. Yeah. Study hall, yeah. you know, uh, meetings, all the things where you're not even, so in, you know, wearing your cleats, just that crap. Yeah. And then the other th- angle is, who would your relationship have been with? Because when you're an mm. athlete, you know this, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to athlete parties. You're hanging yep. out. And there's the softball yep. team and they hang out with the soccer team and then they're hanging out with the, this team and that team. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're surrounded in that group of athletics. Yeah. If you're just Gabby, one, six, seven, four, eight, whatever. <laughs> An ARP, they call him. Right. But, they you know, you're us. just that kid. Yeah. You got a job. Yeah. You I work, probably would be working. Yeah. You work at Target or wherever in Fullerton. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you meet Gary, who's mm-hmm. the stock boy, and he's cute, right? <laughs> whatever. Like, it's really the interesting what your four years is like because of you were a softball totally. player. Yep. Yeah. My whole my life would be completely. Now we the, don't know what it'd be good or the, not. Yeah, but it would be just so different. Yeah, so different. 100%. And, I'm, and I would never want you to change your path because you are who you are. Yeah. But to just to take that one thing, softball, out of the equation or any sport. Yeah. You are a totally different four year experience. Yeah. That's one thing athletes don't understand, mm. or the administration doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I take that away from you. What are you? One, exactly. six, seven, four, five, I don't know. And like we even struggle with that. So again, yes. people, even people who play in high school, they're already struggling with their identity crisis then after high school. But it's like we have it delayed and then struggle with it after college, you know? So like thankfully we get an op- another opportunity to keep playing. Right. But if you don't play pro, like, yeah, then you're like eventually we're going to hit that identity crisis of, oh my gosh, who am I without sport? Who am I? What do I do? You know, the athletes I always worry about are the ones that get career-ending injuries oh my gosh. in college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know some. Ju- right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you just, you worry because they're immediately going to be like, oh, I got the high, everybody's mm-hmm. worried about me, everybody's surrounding yeah. me, everybody's giving me love. Yeah. But then two, three weeks later, you're not on that road trip. Mm-hmm. You're not at that practice because mm-hmm. you can't go all, can't get your wheelchair onto the dirt. <laughs> you know, the field's not ADA compliant very well. Yeah. Those are the athletes on crutches mm-hmm. in the room alone doing mm-hmm. therapy. And they're, not, and they're not doing it at campus. No. They're doing it at some place in Orange mm-hmm. on their own. Those are the ones I always worried about. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because you can get dark real quick with those people. Absolutely. And that's the thing is injuries happen all the time. You were pretty injury free other than the goofy arm. Right? Like no, you I, I got a few sprained ankles. I was well, in a boot my freshman ankles, year. Yeah, but you didn't, you didn't have surgery. You didn't <laughs> yeah. have back surgery. You yeah. didn't have to go to 
Right. Yeah, I didn't have that, thankfully. Thank God. That's tough. It is tough. A hundred percent. And then having to rehab and do it all. Because I've seen some injuries in softball. Some of those girls, uh, you guys have blown each other up. It's bad. No, I know. So, yeah, no injuries are, again, I mean, every, uh, there's so many little things that will keep you or will reveal to you, like, who are you? Yeah, you. Sports. Right. And, like, do you actually like you without sport? I think that's another thing to face is because that's been our identity and we've only been liked or been recognized for Cheer. sport. Sure. Eventually you're out of that and no one knows you. You're nope. in a whole nother job. Nobody knows you like they did on the sport, which is why so many people can't wait to go back to an alumni game or this because that's where they'll get all the fame. But anywhere else, you're a nobody. Right. If you wore that T-shirt, sweatshirt, no. two years later, and you're walking through Target, nobody's like, hey. Nobody. And that is a hard reality that so many of us face. Has this ever happened to you? This happened to me. I was walking through an airport and someone yelled out, go Gators. <laughs> I because, a, oh my gosh. I had yeah, a that happened way too many times. baseball hat on, yeah. right? Yeah. George or Dave, whatever gave me. And the F is so damn identical. Identical, yeah. That it was kind of like, you sent him Yeah, a that hurts. Yeah, that hurts <laughs> to think that. And people think, Fullerton or Florida's way better, of course. Of course. Sure. Why do I do I say of course? I don't know. But <laughs> in history as of now, like right. Florida is such you know, their their accomplishments so much better right. than ours in the moment. But yeah, it hurts because you're just like, dang, is Fullerton nothing? Right. Like I think also if being they're nothing, uh, I'm nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Everything's correlated. Mm -hmm. And so that yeah, that that was definitely tough to hear that. And you're like, dang it. Florida. I'll never be enough. <laughs> All right. So Gabby, you're out of school, right? Yes. Your, your, your career path. What's mm -hmm. your, what's your career path now? What are you thinking? Yeah. You're liking this counseling and maybe this yeah. kind of group mm -hmm. thing. What's your, like, oh, I think I'm going to saddle up to this career and do it. Yeah. And so I guess continuing my story, thinking of going to go get my master's with counseling, taking pre, so after college, I ended up taking prereqs in the fall because I needed these prereqs to then apply, apply right. for my master's in counseling. And so that's what I was doing. I was taking those classes in the fall. Phew. So then hopefully the next fall after that, then I'd be able to apply for master's. So that was my plan. So during that time of also being in school, taking those classes, which I loved because that's the path I just wanted to take. I was also actually got an opportunity to coach at my high school. My coach in high school was constantly on me when are you going to come back and coach when are you going to come back and coach really so i got to coach at troy high school for a year while i was in what that level? Gap period um at one point there was no jv or varsity coach so during the summer i was coaching both and like doing conditioning thankfully our sport is in the spring so they eventually got like jv coach but yeah i ended up coaching uh freshman or not freshman varsity uh softball troy high school what kind of coach were you um, as you can see, the path I was already going down, I was one of those coaches where um, we're going to have Friday talks, circle talks. And as long as we're, we're going to work hard and do conditioning, I love conditioning because my dad, we, he, they would call him Terry Tuesday because he would do conditioning days on Tuesday when I was, uh, you know, a player at, um, at Troy High School. And he was coaching us. So, of course, I was pushing them hard, conditioning they're probably, yeah, throwing up and hated conditioning, of course. So I was pushing them hard to to the ground, but also Fridays, I would have fun Fridays or Friday circle talks. 
And so some Fridays, they I'm like, okay, you have 30 minutes to create up a dance. I'm splitting you in groups. Create a dance, and you're going to perform it for me. So I would do that. Friday circle talks, we're sitting in a circle. What are we talking about? How are we? Where's our hearts? What are some hard things that you've been through? What are some highs? What are some lows? I really found the value, even in college, of connecting and knowing each other. And so... Were they open to it? They were open. I really was able to create a space where I think one of the times a suicide happened at Troy and I just said, forget practice. We're sitting and we're going to talk about it. Some people knew the person, some people didn't, but that maybe they had dealt with suicidal thoughts. And so I just created that space for them to talk. And I was like, this is your family. I don't care if you guys like each other or not. I'm going to, we're going to allow space for you guys to connect together. And again, that was another pivotal moment of like, I love creating safe spaces for people to connect because I love to connect and I've had safe spaces and I want to do that for other people. And it's really hard to find friends and people that are willing to sit and listen to what you go through. And so fast forward, I met some of the team leaders or people on staff with Athletes in Action at UCI, University of Irvine. And I met them through going through this camp that AIA had called the Ultimate Training Camp. I My life was changed there. I got to see, I got to hear the gospel so many times about Jesus, Jesus dying for my sins, that I don't have to be defined as a softball player or my performance. Like I'm liked and I'm loved for who I am. And that was so foreign to me at the time, but that really stuck with where my life path was going. And so to hear that as an athlete who is striving and striving and striving to to basically prove my worth to people, I don't, I no longer have to prove my worth. Now it's I not just like, am. It's not like you were a troubled person, like going out at 22, mm-hmm. you know, doing drugs all night long and chasing boys in Sunset Boulevard. Right? Well, 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 I mean, well, kind of. Well, <laughs> I was actually kind of in there. I was, I was, I was pretty wild. <laughs> Even after college, were you still finding yourself not... There were moments, definitely moments, because I was already in that world before I found Jesus. I, yeah, I still had, like, you think that you come to know the Lord and everything just goes away. No, there's still things to be worked through. Those are, there's still coping mechanisms that I have when I'm low, when I'm bored, when I'm just want someone to care for me and love me because I feel so sad. I feel so insecure. I'm still going to turn to those things until I replace some of those unhealthy traits or coping weight, coping mm-hmm. mechanisms with healthier ones to go to someone to share how I'm really feeling to be held by someone that's safe. And that can like sit with me in that pain Instead, I'd rather go hook up with somebody and, and maybe feel something right. for a little bit and then go back to feeling empty again. Right. You know? So it was, it, it's taken time and it's a process to kind of, allow those things to fall off and find my identity not in those things what what kind of person does it take or i guess for you mm-hmm. to get through to you mm-hmm. right because if somebody right do they, do they need to be 60 and wise or is that another 20 year old at that point that comes mm-hmm. to you and says hey i i know what you're going through mm-hmm. you know we can we Absolutely. can work this out what was it for you that that yeah. was it because sometimes you could be 20 here, 60 year old and be like, please, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about Woodstock. Yeah, no, I know. hundred percent. Well, I think it took me hitting rock bottom. Like I said, I had some relational things that ended that were really, really painful. And I just, I had it. I was like, I don't want to hang out with a specific certain group of people who I didn't feel like I was really connecting with 
that I felt like didn't care about me as a person or also hurt and were projecting that hurt onto me. Were they, was it hurt like just bad breakup hurts? Like I can't believe you cheated on me or, or something, or was it like physical and then that triggers other kind of responses? Definitely really like cheating kind of like betrayal. Like, how could you do this? I never thought you would have done this. Was that a lot of bad communication? Just being you young and not having great. Definitely just people not dealing with their stuff. Right. So because they hadn't dealt with some of the the trauma. Their stuff. They don't even recognize. And now looking back, I'm like, they didn't even realize they were hurting me. Right. They had no clue. None. They're just basically projecting all their hurt. On and what they're onto me right. and then hurt me. I'm like, right. hurt people really do hurt people. Yeah. And I saw that firsthand. Someone broke up with me. I'm going to break up with you. I'm going to show you. But right. it just keeps. Right. I'm going to show cycle. you my pain. Mm-hmm. And it's put, a domino effect. Yeah. But then, so during that time, I was so receptive. I'm like, I need change. I need anything else but See, this that's avenue. interesting. You saw that you needed something else and you mm-hmm. didn't just become wild and break other hearts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it took years. Right. I, I did definitely during that time as well hurt a lot of people as well. So looking back, I'm like, I didn't just get hurt too. I'm like, during that time when I was hurt, also, I was hurting other people and I didn't see it. A hurty and hurter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, it was like back and forth. Everyone in these circles were getting, you know, hurting each other. Yeah. yeah, and then relationships Aren't we were being... Feel funny that way as people? Like, oh good Lord. Gosh, we're just so complex. There's so much more to us humans than we think. How much of it is communication? Just not people not they don't know saying, like, let's stop. Let's just talk. Yeah. Let's just. We don't know how. Right. Especially when parents don't teach us how to. It's a cycle. What, like, you learn in the household whether we shove our feelings, whether we talk about them. Or do we feel ashamed? Are we too much when we have feelings? So it's like you learn these things growing up. So then you have your ways of coping, good or bad. Right. And then now you're in a relationship as an adult in college and you have so much pressure. And so. You're going to turn to those things, whatever you turn to growing up, those are going to continue to keep continuing. Isn't it funny though, at 19 though, you think you're the smartest person in the world? Yeah. Doesn't matter what anybody tells you, I'm brilliant. (laughs) And you're like, you look back at that kid now and you're like, you goober. Yeah. You barely could tie your (laughs) shoes. (laughs) Oh, 100%. But that's that's who we are then. Yeah. In that moment. So again, who would have been able to tell you? Hey, I got some advice for you, sweetheart. Yeah. Let's let's sit down and listen. It was actually in those moments, though, I remember having, you know, such being at such a low, low, having those heartbreaks. During that time, even when I was still hanging out with that crew, my friend that I went to go visit, Ari Williams, one of my best friends, she, the way we got close was, remember how I told you during this podcast, like I was out always putting in extra work after practice. Like, I just wanted to be the best me and I want to be ready for my opportunity. Well, she was another girl that was there. And she, was, she actually ended up starting too, but even her freshman year, she didn't get as much playing time, but mm-hmm. still got opportunities. Was the same way, such a work ethic, wanted to be, you know, good at her sport, ready to, for opportunity. And so craziest thing, but we really bonded in those moments. Oh, you're staying after practice, putting an extra, oh, let's just do it together. And in those moments, again, is where I experienced true relationship and friendship with her. And we just somehow, every time after we were putting in extra work, had these deep, long, philosophical, you know, conversations about anything and everything about our lives. I was telling her about all my wild and out stories, like, and she would just listen, like, so there was a real authentic relationship, and that was always what I craved. And then, so, when that time, I hit rock bottom, 
that was the very girl that I knew I could trust that would be able to hold space for me. Isn't it during that, that time? That is such the difference between men and women. Yeah. That women will bust their You're ass in the batting cage for 45 minutes, be too. a sweaty, stinky mess and be like, now let's talk for two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweetheart, I got we something I got to get off my chest. We love that connection. Right. Yeah. Guys will be like, let's go to in and out. Yeah. Oh, 100%. We smell. Which is why we need each other. Right. It's like men provide in, in our safe space and our protectors, and then women, were emotional. So we bring that out of guys. Right. I think it's such a beautiful dynamic that Absolutely. we have such differences, but we need each other. Mm-hmm. And you so, just have to find the right match. Exactly. 100%. Right. The one that's willing to communicate yeah, and not the one that just there. will not fight you tooth mm-hmm. and nail because you're like, all right, totally. Well, I don't have time for this. My yeah. God, I'll be 70 by the time I can crack your <laughs> nut and finally get you to calm down and talk. A hundred percent. You really do have to be willing. There has to be a sense of humility and willingness to encourage. It takes courage to talk about really hard things and be vulnerable. And yeah, little did I know again, again, so many moments of like, not I hundred percent, not a coincidence. I'm like, I saw God preparing moments like even for such a low place I was about to be, he granted me Ari and the safe space that she was. And she, you know, was so strong in her faith. I was like, what does this girl have that's different than a lot of these other people on my team? Right, you had 30 kids to choose from. She had such a sense of like belief in a God who was kind and caring and, and someone that loved relationship. Like willing to listen. I think that's what separated her from the bunch is like this woman cared about people and like was a good listener. And I think that's what us humans aren't good at. We're not good at listening. We need so many books on listening. Like we need to learn how to listen because we're so eager and willing to like share our own view, but then we can't listen and understand what someone else believes or what they're going through or just listen, just listen. Like we need, we need patience and kindness to listen, but it takes so much effort to like really listen to somebody and not just listen to listen, but listen to hear and understand. Right. And that's what the quality already had. And I'm like, okay, whatever, I don't even know what you believe or you say, you talk about faith, like, like this God, or I know of God and I think I believe in him, but I don't like, how does that even work? I had no clue. And so we ended up having a few teammates that like were going to church at the time. And I just remember again, being as low as I was, I was receptive to anything. And before that I had gone to a few Christian churches. So I kind of liked the music. I love music in general. So (laughs) I just connected with worship music and this God that they were singing about and this love and this reckless, you know, this grace that he gave. And so I connected with the music, but until I actually listened to the words and what they were saying and talking about, I was like, Oh, that's what this faith is all about. That's who this guy Jesus is. And so I was more curious. So I, there was a few teammates that were like, yeah, invited us to church. And I was like, I'm down. Like, at this point, I don't care what it is. I'm down to try anything. Sure, new. let's go. Right? And so I was so, I was just in such a receptive place that I would take anything. And so we ended up going. And I just remember feeling like at peace where I was at. I'm like, I don't know what it is here, but I feel something. I feel like I belong. I feel like there's more for me than just college and sport oh, yeah. and And like, this is like my God right now, if anything, like I'm doing this religiously and this is like what's at the top and at the pedestal for me, but there has to be more. Now, what you know now today, Mm -hmm. you and I sitting here, would you rethink 
possibly going to Hope and playing <laughs> softball there. Yeah. Just because it's a religious school, I mean, uh-huh. that doesn't mean it's perfect. Yeah, 100%. All schools have wild kids and stupid things. Yeah. But maybe would that have been more of a, I don't know, uh, easy path, a fruitful yeah. experience? Or do you feel better having your experiences? Yeah. And So you can fall back and say, listen, I know a rough mm-hmm. patch. I can walk you through mm-hmm. what this girl's gone mm-hmm. through. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, God probably could have done what he did. It would have just looked a lot different. I don't know what that experience would have been at, at Hope. It, you do are, you are more exposed to faith and who God is mm-hmm. and taking classes. And that right. probably could have been awesome. But I think, I don't know if I would have been as receptive. Because I grew up in a Catholic world where, and I didn't, we stopped going to church, Catholic church when I was like seven or eight. And okay. so I didn't really have like a foundation of it, but I knew as a kid, I didn't enjoy that. Like it, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand what was going on. Did you go to CCD or Saturday school? I didn't even get, no, I didn't even go to Saturday school either. So you didn't, yeah, so you I guys, wasn't even exposed to that. Yeah. So you didn't do I first just, communion or any no. of this. Okay. And I wanted to, I think because I saw my cousins and family doing it, I was like, I want to do that. And I, and even in high school, like people were doing first communion, mm-hmm. I just, again, always wanted to fit in. So I wanted to do anything else that everybody else was doing. I want to see you know? the Lord. I just, I don't care. <laughs> like at this point, like I have such like a naive spirit or just like so willing to try anything and I'll believe anything you say. And like, I just believe people so easily. Like I could have easily believed it then maybe, but I think my experience at Fullerton just kind of shows who God is. Like it took a broken girl who went through some really broken things and he took that and he is using it and healing it and redeeming it. And now what I do now working for athletes in action, which from that camp sparked that in me. And then I met my team leaders now who recruited me to be on staff with athletes in action. Um, now I'm getting to do, and I have a story that can reach the same exact people, the same person I was in college and like, under be a person who understands and can relate to what they're going to going through and speak into them. How quickly did you time. accept like their program with athletes in action and understand you feel yeah. comfortable and be like, I get this or did it, did it take you a little while to kind of chew on it and get mm-hmm. used to like the whole idea of, yeah. you know, being so open with other athletes. Yeah. I think going to that camp um, right after, I think it was before my fifth year, Okay. So it was called the Ultimate Training Camp. It's basically a right. week-long camp where a bunch of college athletes come. Sounds like an ultimate fighting. Right? No, ultimate. literally. And I'm not kidding. There was a point where there's like a 20-plus hour workout that we go through. It's like hell, yeah. But their point is... Well, you to... joined the Navy SEALs? <laughs> it felt like it. I'm not kidding. You, re- If you want a really Jesus experienced God, you go through this thing. <laughs> because it's like life-death well, situation. Probably, yeah, you saw him probably kidding. at some point. Yeah, oh, 100%. I'm yeah. like, I can no longer... So the God's purpose of it... He's screaming at me. <laughs> The point of it is to, I mean, it leads up to, and it parallels that 20 plus hour ago parallels the, the life of, or the time where Jesus was walking to the cross. And so the suffering and the pain and all that he was experiencing and the whipping and the everything and being nailed to the cross, like that experience or the special, they call it was to mimic kind of that time and give you just a glimpse. I mean, come on like that. Right. But what we were going through was hell, but just a glimpse of what he went through. And I think it's such an emotional, spiritual, physical 
like experience. Did you feel a release? Oh, 100%. There was a time where I was like so exhausted that I like I no longer physically could not go. And so you have to surrender in those moments. Like, and I, you're like, a fit you person. Yeah, and I'm I mean, fit. you're not 300 pounds. And no, and, and that's gotta, the thing. If you were, yeah. you you were you were breaking quick. Like you were done. I mean, you got that goofy <laughs> arm throw, but that's yeah. about it. Exactly. No. I'm so I mean, I mean, God, I mean, yeah. And you're you were still pretty relatively in good shape. Yeah, I was. But 100%. just mentally, mentally, and physically, oh. you were a bag of jello. Yes, hundred percent. How did and that I think, feel? I mean, in the beginning, you're like, we're, we're here to like, you're all on a team. You, you're split up in teams and the whole point, like we're as athletes competing, like, I mean, we're collegiate athletes. We know what it's like to compete on a top level. So we're going into it like, oh, we're going to win this special. And then a few hours in, you're like, I don't even care about winning it. I'm just trying to survive. Like, I'm just trying to just survive. Trying to make this. the day. I'm just literally trying to like, yeah, make it <laughs> out alive. And so I mean, that experience, I think I really heard the gospel You heard during something. the time of, cause at the very end, before we do the run, this run called the Golgotha run. And they basically like tell you and share all that Jesus like did, went through like, and so you can visualize it cause there's scripture in the Bible where it literally, you, you get a visual of what the whippings, the. I mean, him nailed to the cross, like what he went through for us. And I just remember picturing and just sobbing. Like there's a God out there that like cares this much about me to literally die in this most crucial way. Like for me, like I wouldn't do that for me. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I don't think anyone in this world would actually do that or say they could or in eventually go through it and be like, I'm out, I'm tapping out. Right, I quit. But he chose that because he loved me and wanted that relationship with me. And it's something you just can't fathom. I still can't fathom that, like connecting with and really understanding and fathoming what that even means to me. But I remember in the, that moment sobbing. And then, I mean, just that whole experience. You're on a spiritual high, too. That week you're meeting people who, like, also have been walking with God or just all different like stages of their walk with God or don't even know God either. They're, right. they're here for the first time. They just came because their teammate invited them. And so they're like, what the heck am I here what for? What did you get me into girl? Exactly. It's wild. But I mean, everyone's having, and God is meeting every single person there exactly where they're at. Whether that's just a seed that, that he's planting, whether that's, he's watering the seed, whatever stage, but like he is meeting. I mean, that's the uniqueness of who he is. He meets you where you're at in whatever place that you are at. And so, and it's again, another thing hard to fathom, but he met me in that place. And I remember from that point on, I'm like, I don't care what I do, but I just want to do what God wants me to do. Like I'm so on fire for this guy who died for me. I want to do whatever. And so that was kind of what stirred everything in for me, but still to join staff with AIA, like I found out you had to raise support. So I have to be funded <laughs> really? raise my own salary. So that's what turned me off because my childhood growing up, like you don't ask for money. Money's a super sensitive subject. Parents were fighting over money. So I'm like, once they told me that information, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm out. Like, I can't do that. And it took time, but I'm like, but then there was still the tension of, but God, I want to do what you want me to do. And I'm so like on fire to share Jesus with everybody because of what I experienced and what I received in those moments. Um, so that would, took a lot of time of just prayer and like, God, are you sure? Like, you really want me to go over here? Like, I don't know. If so, you're going to have to raise my money because 
how am I supposed to do that when I still live with my parents and they don't agree? I have a, a whole bachelor's degree and now I'm going to be asking people for money. Right. And so it was just, I mean, it's so opposite of what I grew up doing. How did that go? That conversation with mom and dad about I'm not going to be a business <laughs> marketing and I'm going to. It was tough. Do this religious yeah. ministry, help yeah. athletes. Mm-hmm. Wait, was... you're not going to market for Nike? <laughs> oh, I think they ultimately just wanted me to be happy. But then when they heard the whole money part that I'm begging, quote unquote, begging people for money, because that's how they saw it. Um, yeah, they didn't accept it. And it was hard even when I finally said yes and I applied and I got in and now I'm going to be an intern for, you know, Athletes in Action, which is full time. You're just kind of seeing if you like it or not. Um, they were, yeah, raising support in and ho- in a household with them. I mean, my mom's like, don't ask any of your family, mem- my family members. Like, and so to not have her support was probably, I mean, so tough. And I think walking through that was a really hard season on top of people rejecting me and thinking that they're rejecting me for me personally. Right. They're not just like, and yeah, I had to learn and I had to have faith that God was going to provide, but I'm not kidding. When I finally had these meetings and was asking people and sharing the vision of what God's going to do and what he's done in my life, I realized I'm sharing something and I'm passionate about it. I didn't even know I had this passion inside that like this was real to me. Like God really has changed my life in ways that I couldn't even explain. And I'm, it's just pouring out of my mouth and I can't even help. I can't keep quiet about it. And so when people would hear my story and what God has done for my dad and redeemed him and how we got our whole family through that situation, like people were in tears and are like, wow. Even if I don't believe what you believe, like I want to support you because I just see the passion and the heart that you have and you're going to be able to help athletes. That's awesome. Um, Cause I just got to share my experience as an athlete and how hard it was and how it would have been nice to have someone walking with me as a mentor or yeah, someone pouring like love and identity and speaking that truth to me as a person, as an athlete, when I didn't know who I was. Right. And so I think I even was convincing myself in those moments of sharing what I do and trying to, you know, fund, fund myself for the year through these people Um, and God just showed up and I learned that he is a God that provides financially. Like that was a miracle for me. Like I didn't, I mean, money was such a tie on my family and is it for a lot of people? It's sensitive. It's hard to ask for money. You don't know people's money, financial situations. So they might be offended if you're asking for money. So it, I mean, it all across the board, too little, uh, you know, I I only don't want to commit. They want to give a one time. So they're not committed. I needed, I needed monthly, you know, I need it. It's almost like a a subscription, right? I mean, (laughs) like you have a subscription, subscription for Netflix. Like this is, I mean, this is something that's worthwhile investing because it's when I saw you, Uh you're at Irvine women's volleyball senior day. Yes. So you're working with athletes at that point. There were some. Mm -hmm. Some women that you were... That I was supporting. Supporting and... Yeah. I had been meeting with. I had, you know, we've... How's that feel? How does that feel to give back in that way? It feels... It feels good. I think this is probably the most life-giving thing that I could have ever stepped into. Because not only... Because I just love people and I love to help people. But I think each moment that I'm pouring into another woman athlete or a male athlete, if they're in the room... Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at college Gabby or little Gabby that like that was lost, that was broken, that wish and desire she had 
an older sister, a mentor, someone that she could talk to, that she could be real with, that she could share her hardships with, and they could, like, walk with her in that. And that's what gives me the joy because I'm like, I'm doing this also for a little Gabby that didn't get that. And because now I'm connecting with them, it's like means so much more because I'm almost like God's redeeming through these experiences that I'm having with these other women athletes. God is almost like redeeming my college experience. Some of those hurts, those pains. And like he's redeeming them through these other athletes that are get to make more healthier decisions. If you if you had a Gabby come to you, your junior yeah. year, your senior year, mm-hmm. how would that have been for you? Right, because that's what you're doing. You've approached these yeah. athletes. You're working yeah. with them. Would you have been open and receptive, or would you have been shunned and kept at arm distance? I think if I saw someone, it might have taken me a little bit of time. So I end up having a we call like when we mentor them, discipling them. Mm-hmm. So I had a discipler my senior year. And I think that's also why I wanted to do what I do because okay. she, even for my fifth year, a little bit of fourth, but even for my fifth year of college, like that was life transforming. And I think that was also another push as to why I wanted to do this wow. because she, again, in that time when I had all the came with her, came to her with all these struggles, like the one thing I'll forever take away from those times is the grace that she gave me. Like I'm over here pouring my heart out, like, I can't stop doing these things. Like I keep turning to this, like these are, you know, and I, and I don't want to, but I am because these are my coping mechanisms that I don't know how to stop. We're in religion or the Bible. It says to stop these things. And she's like, honestly, Gabby, like that will never take away from God loving you. Like you're going to continue to make mistake after mistake or sin and sin. And you could do the worst thing, Mm -hmm. but because Jesus died, like there's nothing that can separate you from God's love and God loving you. Like you can do commit the worst most terrible sin in the world, which I'm recognizing now we're all capable of doing sure. in our pain. Clearly, as like we're seeing, like people in pain make terrible decisions. Absolutely. Because we can't think straight. And so I'm recognizing even now, today, present day, like I'm capable of the worst sin. And even if I were to ever commit that sin now, God will never stop loving me because of that. Because he understands the whole story and he sees everything that I've been through my whole entire life. Whether I started, you know, smoking weed or, or drinking, I have a drinking problem, but maybe my parents were alcoholics and that's how I got into it, introduced to it. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't see the whole picture now, I'm just start, just trying to stop drinking. Like, well, that's going to be a lot of years of relearning right. because it was introduced me at such a young age. And so you just start to look back at your story and be curious and be more grace giving because you start to understand and see the whole picture. And that's how God sees us. And I didn't see that in the beginning. And no, so it takes time when that, when my discipler was telling it would every single time I would be vulnerable and share really hard things. And I just, I just be bawling and I want to stop these things, but I don't know how. And her saying that, like, and just sitting there with me in that pain and giving me the grace in that moment, like, it's okay. God still loves you. I was like, are you sure? Like he doesn't want to like punish me and like condemn me for what I just did. And I mean, that was life changing. And now being in the position that I'm in, I mean, I wish I had that freshman year. Right. Cause then maybe I wouldn't have had the times that I had and gone through all the pain that I did. But because I went through all that as well, now I have such a relatable story and I have so much, like my words carry so much more weight. Yeah. Your battle scars through. mean something. A hundred percent. Not that, you know, saying the yeah. words, you know, you were clean or two to goody shoes and you didn't get any yeah. trouble. You can't really explain a story, but saying like, yeah. listen, sweetheart, young lady, 
I know exactly what you're going through. Yeah. I have, I have literally worn your shoes, not just yep. walked in them. I have, I got those pair on right yeah. now. I get you. Yeah. And sometimes I'm still living in I've it. I've been in those <laughs> shitty nights. Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to get through. I yeah. understand. They will pass. Yeah. It is not forever. Totally. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. When you're 18, you think it's like, it's <laughs> over. It's the world's yeah. over. Yeah. One yeah. moment, one not response to a text or yeah. a stupid look or, yeah. and you're like, ah, mm-hmm. no. It's and a so blink of an too, eye. Yeah, I think so. In the beginning of my faith, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was like, okay, you here's a bunch of do's and here's a bunch of don'ts. I just have to follow this rule and I'll be good. God will love me. But again, because of my story and my past, that was like impossible for right. me. Because these are things I would do There are gray areas. Ingrained yeah. into my brain, into my brain chemistry, into my body. Like, and those are the things that we don't talk about often either. Is like, it's a lot harder to stop when you've been doing something for year after year after year. And so even that, it's like I, just coming to a place of understanding and curiosity of someone else's story. I think when I was able to finally receive that for me, it's so much easier to sit with someone and then be, have so much shame and so much guilt for sharing what they're about to share and then feeling that and being so heartbroken about it and to be like, that makes sense. Do you feel better to be in a better place today? Yes. Is it, is it surprising how long it's kind of <laughs> the journey? Yes and no. I think it was necessary because I think in the beginning. Because you're what? You're only five years removed from no, co- I'm, six? Oh, shoot. Oh, maybe. Six years removed from college. 2018. So. Yeah. 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 Seems like forever. Right. <laughs> but also, I mean. But you're not the that person either. The amount of growth. Right. And transformation and like more. I think finally doing the work and the healing and understanding and being curious about my story. So much healing has happened. So now I could be a more confident me, a more real me, a yeah, more... Yeah, you're 10 years away from freshman, Gabby. If you could go back and give advice to that girl, <laughs> oh what would goodness. it be? What could you tell that girl the day she walks onto that campus yeah. for the first time? What could you say to her? I would say you don't have to prove to any, anybody how much you're worth. Like you being who you are is like enough. And you don't have to go, yeah, you don't have to prove to the guys and, and you know, that you're enough. You don't have to prove to your coaches, your teammates. Like, just be you. Like, figure out who you are and stick with that and be that person. Right. Um, it's so funny. That's such a simple, simple concept. Yeah. But yet we can't get our goddamn minds <laughs> wrapped around it. Like, it's easy. It's yeah. really easy. Yeah. Just be you. Yeah. Don't try to be more or less. Just be the best you. Yeah. And your path is going to be easier. I know. And I think, too, I would have also told her, like, hey, find other things that you enjoy other than sport. Because sport's not everything. And Club like, yeah. or something or what? I don't even know. Like, I think, I mean, I enjoy, like, music and stuff. So, I don't know. Another go avenue. Go, yeah, another avenue. If I like art. Like, go try. Take, take a painting class, art. right? Exactly. Or a drawing class mm-hmm. and... You know, and that's what I try to tell athletes now too. It's like don't allow sport to be everything. Like but, you have other gifts and talents. But you know this, your path is drawn yeah. out by a counselor. Oh, Gabby, yeah. you got to take this, 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 exactly. this, and this yeah. to get your. And you're like, well, I want to take maybe a drawing class. No, yeah, sorry, that's at three o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you and you're going to be in practice. Mm-hmm. That's another that's thing. Also hard. You, right, that's another thing mm-hmm. you miss on. Your life has to be between seven everything and noon. Is yep. And most of your Fridays are gone. Your schedule's controlled. Right. Yeah. 
So that's what I'm saying that Gabby one, two, yeah. six, seven, five, she could be like, I'm taking a drawing class. Yep. I'm going to take tennis. Yeah. I'm going to join the ski club, whatever. <laughs> like I'm just living the dream. Yeah. And Gary's cute. It's, it's stock boy target. Yeah. 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 Life is different. It's so different. And I think, yeah, when you have a craft, it's awesome, but it can't be everything. Right. Because once you lose that, which granted you may, you're going to be lost and you're going to have an identity crisis. All right. So I, I'm glad we were able to, to get together and talk and, yeah. and, and see your, you know, your growth. It's fantastic. Mm. Like a proud Thank photographer. But really Thank the you. most important thing I need <laughs> to know right now is an event that happened in 2018. Mm. Yeah. The price is right. The price is right. <laughs> You sprung that on me day. like a I unexpected. Thought, I don't know why I thought I would have. You would have known. I just, my, I just think you know my whole life uh, already. Yeah. So tell me, <sighs> well, have you always been a game show junkie? No, but I think my personality. I'm realizing is. Well, a you're game very. Show you should be, right? You should <laughs> be the person I, honestly, that's honestly, like on that every game show. <laughs> it would be fun. Right. I thought of that. Your I think eyes, someone literally. Just, I heard smile, someone literally you're, you're, made yeah. that a career to be on game shows, which. So, oh, so what gets you onto The Price is Right? Yeah, so that's such a fun story. Um, we grew up watching The Price is Right. Like my... Bob Barker days. Yes, Bob Barker days. Like we loved it. It was so fun. That little thin microphone he had. <laughs> so funny. I don't know, just something about that. Just seeing the people when they won, like got up to the, the front and them hugging. Like it was just so funny. Those people it's were so, so excited to so make excited. it. So excited. Did like, you lose your S? Oh, yeah. I lost it. What were you wearing? I was wearing a black long sleeve shirt, which had like a, it was like a little choker thing attached to it and white pants. Because you don't know if you're pants. getting on. You're just no, hoping. No clue. And so I had glasses then yeah, too. Your fashion sense that day is kind splashed of. across like, the world. I wish I would have wore a different outfit. Yeah, but. now you're thinking, oh my God, I could have <laughs> really gotten my stuff together that day. Yeah. So grew up, grew up watching it. But I think, so my, when my dad, you know, went through, got diagnosed with cancer and was there for a while. So that was a good two years, I think, or so, maybe a year, a year and a half um, of just like, yeah, it was terrible. But eventually once he started getting better, chemo and radiation was working and he started becoming normal because he was at a point where he was like in a, in a coma. Right. Like diapers, feeding tube, like just. Really bad. Really bad. I'm like this, he's probably going to die. Right. I really. Yeah, I had some talks with God, and I was like, please save my dad. Um, so it was a really terrible time, but eventually, like, chemo started working. Like, they figured it out. It was in his brain, so they had to do a biopsy. They finally did that. Chemo radiation started working, and then slowly but surely, he was getting better. So eventually, it came to the point where, like, he was functioning now, and slowly but surely, like, the spots were, like, disappearing or going away. And um, when he was in the hospital, he would watch The prices Right. Every single day. Like, I mean, there's not much you could do in the hospital. Like, right. you're sitting there. Yeah, there's, there's and not, eventually when he was coherent. There's not great stuff on a daytime TV. You find no. out real quick. Yeah, exactly. So that was his one, like, this is what I'm doing every day, religiously. I'm going to watch The prices Right. And when he was in there, I remember there was a moment he's like, when I get out and I'm cancer free, like, we're going to The prices Right. And I was like, bet, if you say that, like, absolutely. I was all for it. Because I'm like, honestly, Dad... If you're in remission, like any, I will do anything sure. with you. We are celebrating. We are doing all the things, whatever you want. You make a list. And so sure enough, like cancer free was in remission. And I don't know how much long it was after the fact, but maybe a week he got out of the hospital. 
already was like, sign us up for the Price is Right. We're going blah, blah, blah. We're going November 8th. 2018 or whatever or I think that was our air date so I think we went in September it was close to his birthday and I was like awesome we're going I can't believe we're going but we're going and I was like I didn't even know it was free I didn't know game shows are free did you know that yeah they, they need fools had, to come I on. guess so <laughs> no, clearly like you just have to apply and then you think you would pay $40 and to just sit there and yeah, watch yeah true and hope to like win yeah so yeah, I had no clue that that. So he, we were signed up, ready to go. It's a big tourist thing too. Yeah, right. If you're people from Iowa, go. people yeah. are traveling from all over yeah. to be on the prices, right? Like that is a thing that people do. And so yeah, so we we were signed up and we were went. And I remember not having the best week that week either. So I was like so happy to be with my dad. I mean, even just the thought, my dad's still alive. We still get to have experiences together. He's like a lot more normal than I ever thought he would be. I thought maybe he'd be in a coma for the rest of his life. And so just like the gratefulness in my heart, the gratitude to think that I'm literally about to go onto the prices, right. Or even not even on it. Just like I'm about to just be there and get away and be with my dad. Like there's nothing more that I could want on this given maybe Tuesday to do for the rest, of, you know, just for the whole day. So we go, and then I guess the interview process, you're waiting in a long line for hours, and then eventually you're about to get in, and right before you get and enter into the showing place, um, 15 seconds, 15 people are there. He goes line, like, person by person interviewing them. What's your name? What do you do? Like, those are probably the only questions he asked. So when it got to my turn, (laughs) I was like, you know, I was hype. I was like, I'm Gabby Rodas. Like, I play, you know, softball, Cal State Fullerton. I don't even know. I just... I don't even remember what I said, but 15 seconds of fame. I'm a just like boom, boom. lifetime hitter. <laughs> I wish I knew that. I wish I would have said that. And then, but not thinking anything of it. I'm like, if anything, if anyone's going to go up, my, you know, my dad went next. He's crazy. He's fun. He's outgoing. Like he's life of the party. He's a cancer survivor. So I was like, they're for sure going to pick my dad. If they're going to pick anybody, they're picking my dad. But then there was a guy next to us and was like, Hey, they're going to pick you. Said that to me. And I was like, there's no way. He's like, no, you like, you're the stereotype of like people they pick. Like you're young, you're beautiful. Like you're outgoing. Like they're going to pick you. And I was like, okay, whatever. Totally. You're right. Whatever this guy says, I don't know. But I was, I was so sure that they were going to pick my dad. Sure enough. We're all sitting and ready for, you know, Drew to come. It was Drew now. Right. Drew to come out. And the first four call, four people that they call, I was the third person. <laughs> when you In the hear, beginning of the show. When you hear your name, oh, what are you thinking? I was like, I couldn't believe it. Did you I get mean, out of your I seat wish I could show you. Like frozen? Oh, I like was frozen, but got out of my seat. Like I, I'm like, I heard that correctly. And then I was like jumping up and down. And then my dad, like we were like dancing. Like it was, oh, it was hilarious. I wish you could see that, that clip. Like, like I, w- I straight up, my first reaction was to dance with my dad. And he was like, I mean, we were both. It's just in our nature. We are just out there excited celebrating it was the best time and i think we both just couldn't believe it so then i was walking down sure enough was there and then it took me some time i didn't i think maybe one or two rounds went where you know you have to like bid on whatever and then if you get it close enough you get to go up what'd you bid on i ended up bidding on like a necklace a gold necklace and a gold um bracelet and yeah the whole time i'm like i don't I, I watched The Price is Right, but I don't know prices to save my life. Like, yeah, I, you're a starving I student. I know nothing. I didn't, my dad's like, you better be like practicing for this. And I, I had no clue. So anyhow, I was up there and I just look every time to my dad, what should I bid? <laughs> and he would just give me numbers. And then eventually I bid on this thing 
and everyone else was under and I was the closest to because it was like so expensive. I was like 1800 and I had to been close the closest one to Whoa. it. So then I got up on stage so, and yeah. again, like rolling on the floor, like <laughs> just jumping up and down. So excited. Um, and then I got up on stage and literally the game or whatever, it was like a rolling the dice game. I don't even know. Like I'm bidding and guessing numbers again. So just looking to my dad, tell me, tell me what to guess. Sure enough. Like you're such an athlete looking at the oh first base coach. Tell yeah. me what tell, to do. Like, just tell me, tell like, me. I yeah. don't know. Tell me what to do. And then I, have I'll a bat. Do it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. But sure enough. Do I swing or tag? <laughs> exactly. But sure enough, guess the right like range of number and I won a car. I won the car. And I again rolling on the floor, jumping up and down, hugging Drew, like just What was the car? Uh a Toyota CHR. So a little cute like sports car. Yeah. So won the car. It was amazing. I was a character up on stage. So funny. Did you take I, the honestly, car? Yes. But then after because you like I even got to be a person up on stage, then you also get to spin the wheel. Right, the big wheel. I got to spin the wheel. The girl in front of me ended up getting like, well, the girl before us got 95, so you have to try to get 100. Right. Or at least you spin Above twice. Above her. Yeah. So she got 95 right off the bat. The girl ne the girl after me, I was like, oh, there's no way we're, like, I'm going to be out after this. I'm not going to no showcase, whatever. The girl after me ended up, like, spinning twice, totals 100. So she immediately, if you total 100 or get the 100, right. it starts you get over, right? $1,000. Oh, and then you're, she's now the person that's getting to go to the showcase. So then I roll. So she already got a hundred. I was like, okay, easily. I'm not going sure enough. I spin twice. I get a hundred. <laughs> so we both, me and the girl get a thousand dollars. So we get one spin each to see who goes to the, to the showcase. Sure enough. She spins, she spins like a 15 or what does she spin? She spins a 10. So if I, and you know how, I don't know if you've seen the spin the wheel. Yeah. There's a green five and a green 15 and then the hundred. Yeah. So if you spin and you get, so say I were to get the five green, the green five. Well, she has 10. So I would get the, I get a 10,000, an extra $10,000, but she'll get to go to the showcase because she got the higher number. Mm -hmm. That didn't end up happening, but I ended up getting the green 15. So not only did I get to go to the showcase, but I won $10,000 on top of the $1,000. <laughs> So not only did I get a car, but I won the $11,000. So granted, and I got to go to the showcase. So didn't end up winning the showcase. The wow. guy who won it, his his story was crazy. He had just like recently lost his daughter who was literally the same age as me in a car accident. So I was like, I I hope you win. Like your story is insane. I'm just like. Yeah, take it. Like, please. I don't even care. I already won all the things. Like I, at this point, it's not that big of a deal. But we got to share a sweet moment. I got to like pray over him because i'm like i my dad i get it like pain is pain and suffering is tough like i know what that's like um and so he ended up winning the showcase but because i won the money the money ended up paying for the sales tax of the car so i basically got a free car and a few couple thousand dollars <laughs> so wow. that's my story of the price is right you um, still have the car and i still have the car i'm driving it outside <laughs> so you could go see my car i want to see this Literally car. has a license plate that's kind of fading but it says i won this car and the price is right so, oh and it was crazy because that was such a, like, a terrible week for me. I remember just going through like, I just don't wasn't know. great. It wasn't great. And again, God has just been, I've just felt so favored him just with me in these experiences. And I think rewarding again, it goes back to coach Ford just rewarding me with a scholarship for who I was. And now I feel like the more I continue to be more myself, 
um, and just willing and humble and just loving people. I'm like, God, just, I know he's smiling down at me and is patting me on the back for how proud he is just to even do what well, I do. You look great. <laughs> Thank you know, you. I wouldn't say you're, you're smiling more because you've always smiled know. since I've known you, for God's sake. And honestly, some of those smiles before were probably more fake because, like, that's what I grew up doing. But now it's a more authentic Oh, I thought you were just doing it for joy. the camera. Maybe that too, honestly. <laughs> I still have, I think you took you took the picture of me and my dad in the circle. Was that you? Maybe. It's a really sweet picture that I'll always cherish. But it was also in the paper. I don't know. It probably hmm, would have. Maybe not. Maybe not? I don't know. I'd have to look. That seems like a million. I'll have years. to share it with you. It seems like a million so years special. ago. I know. It Thank really God. Does. I know. Sad. Well, I'm glad you're in a good place. Yeah. You're happy. I'm. You got a great joyed. relationship. Yeah. That good. too. Yeah. You got a job. You got a I car. Do. Yeah. I'm just absolutely. You're a coffee I'm nut. I'm overjoyed. Coffee nut. Going to all the coffee shops. If you want me to review your coffee shops, I'm there to do it. Cause I'm oh, there back. you go. Maybe that's what I should do. Damn that's right. Job. Throw that on the side. <laughs> like you got time. <laughs> you got plenty of time. But yeah. I know. This was such a pleasure. It's hey, so awesome. Anytime. I'm telling you, God connected us at that volleyball game. Yeah, who knew? have this moment to share. I mean, you came sliding in front of my frame like normal. <laughs> I was like, I know you. It's always so good to see a familiar face. And Matt, you just do phenomenal work behind the camera. And so I've always just enjoyed that relationship as well. Well, you make it easy. You're always fun to <laughs> photograph. You know, you're always dancing in the circle. You yeah, got a smile on your face. Fun. You hit those walk-offs for me. Those are always good. <laughs> Honestly, th those pictures too were yeah. amazing. And you know, you're a 333 hitter with a goofy Let's arm. Let's freaking go. You know <laughs> what? If anything, you're my hype man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, want me to tell me how many hits you've had? Yeah. Eight hits? No way. Eight hits out I'll of 24. Well, five stolen bases. That's, I'll take that. Too. Yeah. It's not bad. I like to think I was pretty fast. There you go. <laughs> it's better than awesome. none. No, I know. <laughs> I'll take it. That's awesome. You're the best, sweetheart. I am Thank so happy you. for you. You are too. Thank you. Let's do this again. Yeah. All right. Always down. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my conversation with Gabrielle Rodas. If you enjoyed this episode, please click and hit the like button. Become a subscriber to the podcast. And remember, you can follow the Just Good Conversation podcast on Instagram. You can find all of our past shows at the website at justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.